share a little bit of a story that we all know, and it's going to be out of Matthew chapter 25, I think. But uh, I just want to pray as, as uh, the ushers, let's get them to get the, I don't want you guys closing your eyes and dropping the buckets. That won't work. It won't make it all good. It's in Mark chapter 4, my bad. But we're going to pray tonight. Father, I thank you that we have clear minds. I thank you, Father, that we hear your word. I thank you that we see, Father, things that we've never seen before. I thank you that our hearts are good ground. I thank you, Father, for each person in this place today in the building for the purpose and the call and the plan that you have for each life. I thank you, Father, that today we sit in your presence, Father, and we're full of your love, we're full of your joy, and we're full of your peace. But I thank you, Father, it's not just in one place where we have those things, it's everywhere we go. We thank you, Father, that today you you show us the things in our life, that the places in our life where maybe we've dropped our guard and dropped the peace that you've given us so that we can walk like you walked in this earth with a pe- with peace and joy in all the things that we do in Jesus name amen amen you may be seated god is good thanks bran it's in mark chapter 4 i don't know where i got matthew chapter 25 but maybe somebody ought to go there and see if there's something there that's any good <laughs> maybe that's for you today there's a story in mark in chapter 4 and we know this story many of you who've been around for a while you you know this the story's not new but there's, a, there's pieces and parts of it that, that I just wanted to share uh, today. It says on the, on the verse 35, it says, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross over to the other side. He told them, We're going to go to the other side. Say the other side. The other side. So there's a plan. There's a purpose. This is Jesus speaking. This is what he wants to do. This is his direction. This is where he's going to the other side. So the disciples, they all get in the boat with them, and it says, When they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and took him along in the boat as he was. And, and all these other little boats were with him. And it says, A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, and he was asleep on a pillow. And they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we perish? Or do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose, and it says he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But then he turned to them, and he said, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And in your life, I don't know what you're going through. Are you going through, is there anybody going through a storm in a place? We want, we want this to happen in our life. We, there are storms, there are seasons, there's stuff you're going through, stuff you fight against, things like Corey was talking about earlier. And we want Jesus to come on the scene and say, peace, be still, the storm stops, and we go to the other side. Jesus was in the boat. Uh, he was with them. Uh, how, do you think anything's going to happen to that boat before it gets to the other side? I don't think so. That was not the time for him to die for us, nor the way for him to die for us. He was going to go from one side to the other. The disciples were in the boat with him, and they were going to go from one side to another as well. Regardless of a storm, regardless of the waves, regardless of the water coming in, they were going to go to the other side because that was the will of the Father. That was his job. That was Jesus' plan, and he was in the boat with them. He was going to make it. Who's on the inside of you in your life? Jesus, let me tell you, the storm that you face today, he may not quiet, but he's on the inside of you, and his will is that you get through it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, about getting through the storm that we face, about 
about walking and living in a peace that passes all of our understanding. Elizabeth and I have a dog, Maisie, and she's, uh, she's my baby. Um, and she's like 10 years old, I think, and she's almost 11. And uh, she's wonderful. She's a golden retriever. And uh, she, she's just terrific. She you know, knows my every thought, and she kisses me. And every night she gets up in bed and just talks to me for a few minutes. And she's always around. And... Uh, when she was little, Elizabeth and I would sit next to each other on the couch, and she would worm her way, no kidding, up in between us to put her head on my shoulder and push Elizabeth out of the way with her backside. So uh, this dog, really, uh, we're close. And uh, it, it, this, is, this is becoming some storm-type season and storm-type weather, and, and it wasn't necessarily this that, that spurred this in my heart today, but it was part of it that, that she has become, over the last handful of years, petrified of storms uh when the when the the lightning comes and then the thunder hits you can you can see the panic in her eyes she she doesn't know where to go at night when it when it happens at three o'clock in the morning and the thunder goes off and and, and an 85 pound dog jumps on you in bed (laughs) this isn't this isn't just hi i love you i'm gonna lay next to you this is like wake up we're dying (laughs) did you not hear that Okay, 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 okay. It's like having a it's like having a kid. Go see mommy. Go see mommy. She'll take care of you. No, it's, it's all me. He's cl- she's close to me. So I, I okay, baby. And I, I just you know what I do? I just it's okay. It's all right. And I lay her next to me and I talk to her and it's real, isn't it? It's exactly the way it goes. You're okay, honey. I give her a little squeeze. You're all right. But I'm telling you, that's, I mean, Jesus, will, he'll calm you in those moments. He'll calm you. And I'm not saying that I'm Jesus, but, I, you know, I, he'll calm you in that time. And then, boom, another clap, and whoa, off she goes. And, oh, it's okay, sweetheart. Calm down. Relax. It's going to be okay. But you can see the panic. I mean, it's in her eyes. Her heart's beating really fast. She starts panting. <laughs> She's all freaked out all over the place. Is that you in your life? I mean, when, when the waves, you maybe have gotten in the boat and started that direction and halfway across the water, all of a sudden the winds came and the rains came and the storm hit. It didn't say that it was storming when they got in the boat. It says that as they were going, as they got him in the boat and, went, and the little boats were with them, a great windstorm did arise then. And then the waves beat again. So they were on their way into what God had for them and a storm came. And it began to shake the boat, began to rattle things. But Jesus was at peace in the stern, asleep. And that's something that when he wakes up, he tells the guys, listen, why don't you have faith and why are you so fearful? It's the story and the plan that he continues to talk to them about. But but listen, I don't think his plan was to wake up and tell the storm to go away. He was sleeping on a pillow, rolling around in the stern, asleep. His plan wasn't to get up and tell the storm to stop and tell the storm to be quiet. His plan was that the disciples would have the faith that it would take to get across that lake and get through the storm that they were in. It's the old adage that says sometimes he calms the storm and other times he calms me in the storm. Are you calm in the storm? Or are you, like my puppy, are you a little fearful, afraid, and unsettled? There's going to be thunder, there's going to be lightning, there's going to be wind, there's going to be waves, you're going to have it all coming, and it's going to be coming in the boat. 
But there's no reason to be fearful. Have peace. Have peace in your heart. In what? Well, you don't know what I face. These guys were, these guys were experienced fishermen. This was not their first time in a boat. Many of them were fishermen and had been doing that for a living. As they began to follow Jesus, they left the fish. They left that fisherman's life and they went and followed him. So they've been on boats before. So it was quite a storm. It was something that the guys who even had been on boats for most of their life, even they were a little afraid and a little nervous. I'm telling you, the enemy is going to come against you with full force. And for us, for the disciples in this, in this moment, in this time in the boat, it's up to them, it was, and it's up to us today, to ref- we have to refuse fear. I want you to get that picture in your head. It was just absolutely refusing what the enemy is, is bringing your way. Refusing fear, refusing worry, refusing bad opinions, refusing the bad, bad diagnosis. I, I, don't, I reject it. I refuse to be like that. I am not going to allow that to come in my mind or in my body, in my life, out my mouth. I, re, I refuse it. Because the enemy will come against you, and he will come against you to to pressure you. In Exodus, in chapter 14, he'll squeeze you, and he'll put you in a place where you feel like you have no way out. In Exodus, chapter 14, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt, and Pharaoh's heart was then again hardened, and so he gathered up his army, and he went after them. Now, this wasn't a boat, this wasn't wind and waves, but this was the pressure, the intense pressure, the push that they felt because they were between a rock and a hard place. Your storm may be pressure. Your storm or what you're going through may be stress in your life. Stress is a killer. Refuse it. Refuse it. There's, there's, for a stressful person, there's nothing worse than an unstressful person. Do you not understand how bad it is? That's what they did to Jesus. Hey, wake up. Do you not understand how bad it is? Sandy's husband, Brad, and, and Pastor Bill just got back from the Sudan. I went with them, and, and, and there were some dangerous moments and some, some, some strange times, and, and uh, it, was, it was not a necessarily the safest place in the world. But those two guys, you would have thought they were in Tahiti. Just rolling along. I'm the one who's hanging on for dear life and saying, are we really going to do this? It's hot. Oh, my goodness. But they're just like, hmm. The stress takes years off your life. The hmm adds years to your life. But it says as Pharaoh approached in, in Exodus chapter 14, the people of Israel looked up and they panicked. They looked up and they panicked. When they saw the Egyptians come in out to overtake them, they panicked. Why panic? There's no power in panic. Refuse. Refuse to panic. Have you ever been with somebody who's in a situation and all of a sudden the storm arises and they absolutely freak out? I mean, they're saying crazy stuff. They're doing crazy stuff. You look at their eyes and they're going all different ways in circles. And I mean, that, it's like my... I mean, Boom, the thunder hits, and Maisie just flips out. If we're not in bed, she runs around the table and just looking at me. Don't, don't, why would we panic? We're going to the other side. 
Did God not lead you out of this place in Egypt and bring you? This? They got all freaked out and said, did, did, did God not bring us out here? To, I mean, he, we're going to die. We would have we had it better in Egypt. But if you go to the end of that, you go to verse 13, Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Relax. Chill out. I mean, could you imagine? You got the Red Sea in front of you and you have all these Egyptians coming after you and you feel the pressure and the stress of that situation. You have bills and you have things due and you don't know what to do financially in your life and your, your check isn't as much as it was and you, you missed hours at work because you were sick and the enemy's stealing from you over here and you feel that intense pressure. Relax. What does God's word say? What is his will? What is he speaking? Peace. You can go there real quick. I mean, it's not hard to go there. If you just do what Elizabeth said earlier and just close your eyes and just, oh, it's peaceful. But can you do that in the midst of all the stuff that's going on? If you go to the next thing that the enemy does, he begins to scare you. Not only does he pressure you or push you, have you ever felt pushed? He's going he's to try to scare you too, right? He brings fear. He says in the word that we don't have the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it's the story of Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel as they're surrounded. And they're in the mountains, they're surrounded, and they're a little nervous and they're a little worried. But it says in verse 14 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. He was the priest at the time, and it says, He said to all those who were there, Listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid or dismayed. The Spirit of the Lord came and spoke through the prophet. They knew the word of God, and then they relaxed and did what God said. See, the disciples knew what the will of Jesus was to go to the other side. The place where they missed it was they didn't rest in that. They allowed what they saw and what was going on and what they felt and the fear that came on them. They let all of those things come instead of refusing to do that. Instead of rejecting the panic, instead of rejecting the fear, instead of refusing the thought that says we're going to perish and we're going to die, they allowed it to get on them. Now, Jesus was there and he took care of things. I mean, but listen, in the middle of your mess, you want to do what God said. As it goes on here, it says, Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. Tomorrow I'll go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Aziz. And you will not need, in verse 17, to fight in this battle. Position yourselves and do what? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Moses told them, don't be afraid. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians that you see, you'll never see again. In this particular part, it says, Do not be, be fearful. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. God's with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? If Jesus was in that boat and they were going to go to the other side, regardless of the storm that they fought, regardless of the storm they saw or fought or went against, Jesus is on the inside of you. What does his word say? Corey said it earlier. The greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater than he who is in that boat than he who is in that storm. Right. 
Greater is he who is in your boat than he who is in the storm. So as the storm comes against you, realize if God does not quiet the storm, you are going to go through the storm. It's the way that it is. How many of you have been through some storms? And you came out on the other side better. Better than you did when you went in. There's that, 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 that refusing and that rejecting fear and all of the stress and all of the anxiety builds up your faith when you come to the other side. And all of a sudden, God came through. You can just, you just, you drop the, you just, you, that's when we rejoice and we act like we really had it together. Yeah, I knew it was going to be all right. God, you were with you. High five me. Nice job. I didn't see that coming. I, I was with you all the way. No, you weren't. You're crying for three days. You were hiding. You were. I, I want to be that kind of person that when all that stuff comes up, I refuse it. I reject it immediately. And I stand firm on the word of God like we talked about a few weeks ago. I, re- I, I refuse to walk in fear. I will remain in peace. I'm going to the other side. Regardless of what I face, going to the other side. The third thing that, that God showed me in this was he taunts. He pushes, pressures. He, str- he tries to scare you, of course, and he taunts you. In Second Samuel, or in First Samuel chapter 17, it's the story of David and Goliath. In verse 8, the children of Israel were on one side, the Philistines were on the other side, and Goliath was their man, and he had come against the children of Israel. And in verse 8 it says, then, then Goliath stood and he cried out to the armies of Israel, and he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and I kill him, then you shall be our servants and you'll serve us. And the Philistines said in verse 10, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. And it says, when Saul and all the Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were, what? Dismayed and very afraid. If you go back to what God said in Exodus and you go back to what, or forward to what God says in 2 Chronicles, it's that same thing that says, do not be what? Afraid nor dismayed. And this one says that when that, when that stress and that pressure came, when they began to be taunted by the Philistine, they became afraid. They became fearful. In your life, that is, the enemy will begin to pick at you and begin to destroy you piece by piece, day by day, moment by moment. That your mind will begin to go, that you'll begin to hear things, see things, do things that don't line up with the word of God. You'll be able to go down the wrong path. You've, you've been down this path before. And you say, well, how, did I get, how did I get here? One step at a time in the wrong direction. It's, that's the way you get in the wrong place, one step at a time in the wrong direction. I don't know any, never very many people who took one big bad step and ended up in a really big bad place. Happens. But most of the time we find ourselves there, we wake up there in that place, and we say, oh, God, how did I get here? Well, lots of bad steps in the bad direction. But here's the deal. God could turn it around like that. Peace be still. Let's go to the other side. He'll meet you where you are. The disciples were freaked out. He met them where they were, and he corrected what they did. God will do that with you in your life. But as, as Goliath is taunting the children of Israel, David shows up, and he says in verse 34, 
Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it, and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, and I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God, that he has come against God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. That God will deliver me. Now, David had to continue on and go down in that valley. He had to get his rocks. He had to get his slingshot. He had to swing that thing, and he had to do the job and do the deed. Moses had to lift up his hands. The people who were with Jehoshaphat began to praise and began to worship and then began to see God set traps for all the people who were around them. There's action that comes along with this, but the idea is that the enemy comes against you to taunt you, to steal, to kill, destroy all those things, to bring fear in your life. But we're supposed to be the people who are at peace. What is, up, what is going on in the world if the church freaks out? Who has the answer? Who has the peace? We do. So in your world, whether that be your job or your home or your neighborhood, whether it be a particular thing that God's got you doing in a volunteer area somewhere, if things go south, if things go crazy, if things go wrong, if you face a storm, who should be the calm one in the room? You. Who brings the peace of God into the situation? You. So if we freak out, what hope do we have? We hope somebody else comes through and says, peace be still. But how many times does that not, not happen? You finally catch yourself down the road after you've done plumb freaked out and, and about messed everybody else up. But it says in Ephesians in chapter 6 that, that we do have the ability to resist. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's why I say resist fear refuse the bad report. Re just refuse to have it. What, 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 they said that's what it is. But that's not what God's word is. That's not what God's will for your life is. So we refuse anything that doesn't line up with this. I, I just refuse it. That's not for me. The enemy will try hard to pressure you and, and bring stress and bring anxiety and bring that stuff in your life. I resist him. 1 Peter 5, verse 9 says, You resist him steadfastly in the faith steadfastly means that you hang on and you hold on to what you know is true regardless of what you see you refuse and you reject what the enemy brings it says right before that that he's taunting you because he's roaring as a lion seeking whom he may devour this I mean, this this will this will take you this will take you there's there's physical issues in your body and those aren't good and those are bad but i'm telling you mental issues that i mean that's anguish that is real anguish. When the enemy begins to mess with your mind, it, it, it's just, it's, it, it will absolutely lock you up. It, it will drive you crazy on the inside if you allow the enemy to toy with you mentally. That's, I mean, it is important for you. You can't change in your life unless your mind is focused and right and, and transformed by the renewing of, of, the, of your mind to the word. So you can't change unless your mind is set on the word. If the enemy gets in there and starts messing with your mind, you won't change. Transform toward who God wants you to be. You may go backwards a few steps. But the enemy, will, man, he'll begin to pick at you, destroy you. But just like the children of Israel in Exodus, just like the children of Israel in 2 Chronicles, just like David in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we have the word of the Lord. We have now in the New Testament the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit is the one who ministers that peace in our life and brings us through this situation. They didn't have that back then. So people like Moses, people like Jehoshaphat, who was the priest, people like David, who was anointed to be the king, just hadn't got there yet. They were the ones who brought the truth, and they were the ones who brought the word. But in the New Testament church, that's you and that's me. The people of Israel, the children of Israel, had to rely on Moses to calm them down and give them peace. Relax, folks. It's going to be all right. Did God not say we're going to go forward? Everybody, chill out. Put his hands up. Things split. And they all walked across there thinking, I know it. Yeah, we knew, man, all the time. God had us, God had our back. They got to the other side, and all everybody got crushed in the sea. Then what'd they do? They had a big party. They all danced and act like it was all like, woo, we were so good. You were crying a few minutes ago. And saying you wanted to go back to Egypt. And saying you had it better as a slave. And then when God brings you through the storm, all of a sudden, woo, you do a jig. And you sing a song, and everybody gets excited. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, in the Amplified, and I went to the Amplified today. Some people say it's the woman's Bible, but it's because it's got a lot of words, <laughs> but more words than regular. But it says in verse 10, Paul said, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which is, which is boundless might provides be strong in the lord be empowered through your union with him you have power in your life because you're part of his family and the holy spirit resides on the inside of you that's where your power comes from it doesn't come because you come to church the power doesn't come because you know somebody who's a christian the power comes because you are a christian and you know the word i know your mom might know the word your aunt might know the word your grandma might know the word that's awesome Grandpa may have brought you someplace to church. That's fantastic. But until you have a personal experience with Jesus Christ, you don't have that power alive in your life. And the enemy will mess with you and toy with you for all your days. But it says here that there is strength that comes from having a union with him. And verse 11 says, put on God's entire armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully stand. Moses said, stand firm, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Jehoshaphat said, don't be dismayed, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And you may think that's great for them. I'm telling you, it's better for you. It was great for them, but it's better for you because you get to stand firm. It says here that you stand firm. You may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. That as you're in that boat and you're headed that direction and the winds come and the waves come and the thunder rolls and all the water comes in the boat, you stand firm because you have a union or a relationship with him. That, that's good news. The disciples had that, but they didn't, it wasn't alive on the inside of them, but they had him in the boat. In their world at that time, that was as good as it got. Being in the boat with him is like us having him alive on the inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit now. They had, so when you freak out, don't get to feeling bad. They freaked out and he was right there. 
The idea is that when those thoughts come, that you immediately begin to refuse. It's nice when you work in pairs or you walk in pairs or you're married and your spouse can say, hey, <laughs> holy cow, calm down. Yeah. It's going to be all right. Usually that's her with me because I'm the one going, ah, ah, you know. <laughs> Relax, honey, it's going to be okay. That, it's important. It's important in your life to be able to notice when things start going south so you can correct it. If you can correct it, correct it quick. But it says that we have to put on the whole armor because we do not wrestle, it says in verse 12, against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the, the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness against the spirit forces of wickedness and heavenly supernatural sphere. That you have, I have, the ability to stand in peace to stand in peace because I have a union with him. It's part of the covenant. It's part of, the, it's part of all that, that Elizabeth talked about in the beginning. You have a covenant with him that puts you in relationship with him that says he's my big brother, and if you pick on me, you're picking on him. Know who you are. Jesse Duplantis says that. He used to, I used to tell a story. Jesse Duplantis tells a story when he was a little guy. He was a little, he was a little nasty and a little ratty, and he and his brother were picking on this dude, and this dude followed him home. And he was going to get in their face. He was going to get up on them, and he was going to take them out because they, they, were, they, were, you know, they were littler. They were bothering him, and they were poking on him and picking on him. And he chased them back to their house, and they got, <laughs> they got, they got back to the yard and thought, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, they heard the, 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 the window slide up, and they heard, and mama hung out over the top of that window with the shotgun, told that kid to get on out of there and run on home. And then they said, yeah, well, uh -huh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I told you. I told you. Yeah, you want some more? Come on back here. That wasn't me. It was Jesse Duplantis. But it was that idea that says, do you know who's backing you up? It's audacious. I mean, it's, it's absolutely like it's so far beyond who we I mean, it is. To the world, they would think, are you kidding me? That's, 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 ab you, you can't, why aren't you scared? Why aren't you worried about the financial system in this country? Why are you not worried about the direction the world is heading? Because my Bible says that the world is going to get darker, that there is darkness in the world and deep darkness in the people. And he told me to arise and shine. He didn't tell me to run and hide. He told me in the face of darkness, in the face of the storm, in the face of the wind and the rain and the thunder and the lightning, to arise and to shine. Matthew 5, I've been using it forever. Salt and the light of the earth, man. Shine your light. You can't do that freaked out. Have you ever been freaked out and then tried to tell somebody about Jesus? I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to party that. You don't want what the freaked out people have. You know, you've been around that. You've seen somebody come up to you and you'd be like, whoa, hey, that's, that's all good. I'll see you later. No, no, you got to have what I have. No, I, no, I, I don't think so. It's, it's all, you're, you're good. So can you imagine trying to be that way and trying to minister to people? You can't do it. 
be at peace. Just close your eyes. In with the good. On the beach. On your chair. The waves and the birds, if you know what that is. You got your book. Half asleep. Resting, relaxing, no trouble in the world. See how easy that is? I mean, it's just nice. You just, you can just, you can do that anytime. Because his peace is on the inside of you. It says in John 14, 27. Jesus was talking to the, to the disciples there and he said, I am giving you my peace. See, that peace that was in that boat with us, when you all wanted to freak out and you had to wake me up out of my nice, I was dreaming good. And you woke me up. I, I had peace. I'm taking that peace and I'm giving it to you. It says, the peace that I give you is not as the world gives. Let not your heart be what? Troubled? Neither be afraid. John 16, 33 says that you are going to face a storm. He told them at the end there as he was going through John, he was trying to tell them about the Holy Spirit here. Trying to tell them about the Holy Spirit in John 16. He was preparing them for this thing that says, I'm going to go away, but you're going to be okay and you're going to be able to have that peace. Look, I'll give you my peace. I'll give you my joy. I'm going to give you everything that I have and every, every part of who I am. And on top of that, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be your helper, he says. I mean, he's going to be the one who comes and ministers to you and empowers you and allows you to be different than everybody else on this earth and allows you to have peace when everybody else is freaking out. Allows you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to make it and it's going to be okay. That every day when you open up that cupboard and you look in there, man, it's bare. You got peace. Come on, God. Come on. I've been planting seed. I've been stepping out in faith, and I trust you more than I trust my cupboard. I'm going to shine. I'm not going to hide. Peace. Tonight, I just wanted to pray for you that, that you would experience his peace. That peace that he gave you. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what's happening in your world. I don't know really what's happening in your life. But maybe you are like my puppy. And some things have happened. And they tend to, you tend to freak out first. Let's work on being peaceful first. Refusing and rejecting what the enemy's bringing. The other side of this, and it doesn't necessarily preach with this message, but the other side of that is Jesus got up and he spoke to the storm and the storm stopped. What are you saying? Are you running like your hair's on fire? Or are you speaking peace? Are you meditating peace? Are you living, breathing peace? Right? To close your eyes on a beach, deep breath. You can go there because you want to. <laughs> I mean, you want to be there. So tonight, let's stand up and let's pray. It says in Galatians 5.22, 
that peace is a fruit. Peace is a fruit, and the fruit comes from the root. This all ties together with this idea of you having a relationship with Christ. That if He's at your foundation, if He is the root, right? If I am abiding in the vine, He is abiding in me, I will bear much fruit. Galatians 5.22 says that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit that comes with walking in the Spirit. Having your roots in Him. So in this place tonight, you just close your eyes. Are your roots in Him today? If your roots are in Him, there's going to be fruit on your tree. And peace is one of those fruits and you can hold on to. That you don't have to be dismayed, you don't have to freak out, you don't have to be afraid, you can be at peace. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.